If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. For those of you that don't watch the program live or on demand, it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us this morning. A statement from the president. Last, uh, yesterday, I guess, last night, saying he's going to sign uh, this COVID relief bill that's been packaged with uh, the, the overall government spending bill. Um, and I want to read this because it's interesting what the president is trying to do here. The president says this. In a statement, as President of the United States, it is my responsibility to protect the people of our country from the economic devastation and hardship that was caused by, yes, as he names it, the China virus. I understand that many small businesses have been forced to close as a result of harsh harsh actions by Democrat-run states. That is absolutely true. And we're finding, as in the state of California, uh, that these that these harsh measures are not helping with the COVID numbers. In fact, I saw a chart comparing Florida and California. Of course, Florida is pretty much open for business. I mean, folks are being asked to to be responsible and that sort of thing. But but we are. Um, we're not seeing the same trajectory. California's numbers are skyrocketing. Florida's numbers are, from what I saw in the in the graph, shows that the uh, there's still an upward trend, but nowhere near. It's it's a flat. It's 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 a, a as a steady, slight increase compared to California's dramatic, almost exponential increase. So Trump is saying that these actions taken by Democrat-run states have been devastating to small businesses, and they've been forced to close. Absolutely, they've been forced to do a lot of things that haven't helped at all. But back to the statement here, many people are back to work, Trump writes, but my job is not done until everyone is back to work. Fortunately, well, that, that's another statement altogether. You, you have to wonder. Um, a lot of folks have just been wanting to get back to normal from this. And then there's, of course, the folks that just don't want to go back to work, folks that want to collect a paycheck. 
and not actually do anything for that paycheck. That's living in, in fantasy world. Although the way that this, um, the way that the government has navigated this crisis, it's it's kind of gone along with that mentality, which is whatever you need, however much money you know you 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 want, you have to do nothing in return for it. Just sit tight. The government will will provide. That's a dangerous, very dangerous lie that the government tells people. But nonetheless. Trump continues here. Fortunately, as a work, uh, as a result of my work with Congress and passing the CARES Act er, uh, earlier this year, we avoided another Great Depression. Under my leadership, Project Warp Speed has been a tremendous success. My, administ- my administration and I developed a vaccine many years ahead of wildest expectations, and we are distributing these vaccines and others soon coming to millions of people. Pause on that point, by the way. That is a remarkable feat, what has happened here. Now, I know that there's concerns about uh, vaccines. Uh, well, this vaccine, some people don't want any vaccines. I don't want to get into any of that. I'm just saying there's concerns about it, but it is remarkable. Remember Trump was saying back in the time leading up to Election Day that we would have a vaccine this year. At some point, he even said, I think he mentioned before Election Day, that wasn't ultimately the case but it was darn close it was darn close to that and now you know without any without any credit being given and look i don't think we should have to praise our leaders but i think we should at least acknowledge that the reason that this was that we've gotten to this point to where there are multiple vaccines that are going to be available to the american people i mean the frontline workers are already getting vaccines that is a remarkable feat. I don't want to get into the, you know, I know that there's, there's concerns and people have their questions. And the one individual on the television, at least one, didn't even really get a shot. Did you see that? And I don't want to get into any of that. I'm just saying that there are vaccines available. Um, and that doesn't happen. Honestly, that would not happen without President Trump to have those vaccines Um available that quickly this is this honestly is what happens when someone from the outside comes in i don't even think people inside government think in terms like this president trump is used to working in a situation in an environment where he has to figure out a way to get things done government is not that in fact government is often rewarded for identifying problems that exist, and then saying, elect me to fix those problems. Elect me to fix those problems. And of course, the problems never get fixed because the trick is to go back out the next time and campaign again and saying, I didn't have enough time or money or support in Congress to really do what needed to be done. Now I know. I've learned some things. So elect me again, and I'll go fix this for you. Whatever the issue is in Congress, this happens on both sides of the aisle, and it's maddening to me. They find out the things that matter the most to their constituents. They perpetually campaign on these issues, and they never get anything done, ever. Never get anything done. I will say this. The only thing they do get done is they move this country further left. They move uh, – they, they create scenarios or solutions that always say the government has the solution to your problem. That's what they create. They create this dependency, this mindset um, – more deficit spending and, and, and national debt. I don't even get into that. 30, what are we at? $30 trillion now? Just incredible. 
what we're talking. I mean, no, no one cares about this anymore. It's just a figure that, you know, they're just going to continue to to ramp up. And, of course, uh, we're looking at spending more money because I want to get in back to, to Trump's statement here, what he what he says. He says, I'm going to sign I'm going to sign these um, the stimulus and the spending bill um, with the caveat. And I want to to get into what Trump is saying here. Uh, Trump continues. As president, I have told Congress that I want far less wasteful spending and more money going to the American people in the form of $2,000 checks per adult and $600 per child. So that means a family of four would get $5,200 if they qualify for the stimulus. As president, I am demanding many rescissions under the Impoundment Control Act of 1974. Now, this is one I want to uh, sink our roots in just for a bit here. This morning, the act provides that this is Trump writing or Trump's team writing. Whenever the president determines that all or part of any budget authority will not be required to carry out the full objectives or scope of programs for which it is provided or that such budget authority should be rescinded for fiscal or, uh, policy or other reasons, including termination of authorized projects or activities for which budget authority has been provided, the president shall transmit to both houses of Congress a special message. That's an end quote, but he continues here, describing the amount to be reserved, the relevant accounts, the reasons for the rescission, and the economic effects of the rescission. Then he cites uh, the U.S. code here where that is found. So he continues, he goes on to say, I will sign the omnibus and COVID package with a strong message that makes clear to Congress that wasteful items need to be removed. I will send back to Congress a redlined version, item by item, accompanied by the formal rescission request to Congress, insisting that those funds be removed from the bill. So basically what Trump is saying is, look, I'm going to sign this stuff. I, it's It's ridiculous – that this has taken this long, right? We've had we've had Congress that has been talking about this, debating this, playing political games with this primarily uh, since the summer, since the summer. And I think it's clear that the Democrats, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, especially Pelosi, given that she's in control of the House, they decided there's no way on planet Earth that they are giving Trump any way, any credit uh, leading up to the 2020 election. Absolutely no chance whatsoever was that going to happen. So they played games with this. They played games with you, my friends. They played games with you. They promised that, you know, one day more help would be on the way. But that was not coming before November because they did not want the average American person thinking that President Trump had anything to do whatsoever with providing relief from these crazy times and caused, by the way, by our government, our government's response to COVID. Whatever you think of COVID, whatever you think about shutdowns and masks and all these other things, to pretend like there's no repercussions or ramifications of the actions that these governors have taken is living in fantasy world. These have had profound impacts on our economy. And by the way, by the, by the way, a lot of the economy has bounced back in ways that even the experts – oh, yes, my favorite group of people to, to speak about, the experts. Experts didn't see this coming. Experts said it would take 
you know, forever, basically, to get back what we had lost during COVID. And I'm not saying it's not been difficult. I'm not saying it won't be difficult. I'm not saying we're completely there. I'm saying that this has been a bounce back more in line with what Trump had projected and predicted versus what the naysayers and the so-called experts predicted. So anyway, President Trump's basically saying we've, we've watched these political games. You've thrown this, this legislation on my desk. It's ridiculous. We've got millions and billions of dollars going to everything you can imagine. Everything you can imagine. Between these two bills, it's some, I don't know, the numbers are something like maybe 80% of it's going to somewhere outside of the United States to stimulate the American economy. Think about this. To stimulate the American economy. Um, it's, it's, it's framed as a COVID relief bill, but yet we're giving money to you know foreign countries. Um, we're, we're studying fish. We're uh, repairing boats. I mean, all sorts of stupid things, right? This is a return to normal. This, this is a return to how things were before President Trump. And, I, and I, I just imagine the individuals, folks, that put this crap in this, this legislation. Who dreams this stuff up and why? Why are we giving money to pick any country? I don't even care. Why? You know, the uh, the ultra skeptical would say, look, it's because this is a way these individuals, they these members of Congress send money to these foreign countries that eventually gets funneled back into their pockets through other business dealings. Case in point, Hunter Biden. Right. I mean, this is exactly how how this is done. The idea that what Hunter Biden is, has done, allegedly the idea that that is um, something that's novel and, and unheard of in Washington, D.C. is is a tad bit naive. This is uh, – he's one that's gotten caught, and this is this is the sort of behavior we've come to expect from people in, in politics. And so they pass this stuff boldly. They, I mean I just think about I'm, – I'm thinking if I'm in that room or whatever looking at this legislation and they say, first of all, it's 5,500 pages, and I'm going to say, What? 5,500 pages to give the average American $600. What is that? Like a dime? What? I don't even know. It's, it's, it's incredible to think about that, right? To think about, is that a dime a page? Something like that for the American, average American. And yet most of this money is going to foreign governments. I know there's two pieces of legislation, but they've been packaged together to avoid the government shutdown to make sure that benefits, unemployment, and all this stuff doesn't run out, and so that you can get your $600. Now they're apparently going to be looking at passing in the House today a $2,000 uh, check. But you know what I'm concerned of here, and I think this is a political, uh, great political move by Trump, bringing up some unheard of you know, part of the U.S. code to say, basically, I'm going to be redlining things that I am going to be asking Congress to rescind spending for. And I hope he does. Now, well, well, will this succeed? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, what could actually end up happening is the stimulus checks go from $600 to $2,000, and then no other spending is cut from this bill because these jokers in Congress. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me there is someone in Congress or a majority of people in Congress that are not going to sign this bill or that, that would have a problem with passing a stimulus bill 
without giving money to the Sudan or to Pakistan to study gender? You stinking kidding me? I want to know who this person is. I want to know who they are. We, we deserve to know this. Who are these people? Because they have no they, – they, they are absolutely disqualified from being in Congress. Now, in another sense, they're completely qualified because this is what Congress has, has become, both sides of the aisle. These jokers are, are complete uh, – they're, they're a debacle. This is, this is a disgrace to the American people, what we're seeing. Kudos to President Trump for doing this. He's basically said, I'm going to sign this. I'm going to sign this with my changes. We've got some authority here. Congress, of course, is going to fight this and say, no, you don't. Trump's going to say, we're going to redline some things. We're going to cut out this ridiculous spending to basically offset, hopefully, the difference between the 600 and the $2,000 check or whatever. But this is what's going on here in Congress. I wanted to lead with that this morning. Probably talk about this a little bit more on the other side of the break. Got some other things I want to get to as well, but time is telling me it's time to take a break. In fact, Oz has told me a couple of times, Todd, take a break, and I'm going to do that right now. So sit tight. We'll come back and continue our discussion here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Oz and I talking uh, over the break. She's asking me, so what what does this mean? I mean, folks, I don't know, right? Congress has the authority to spend money. That is what Congress, the the House in particular, of course, it has to be approved by the Senate, but spending bills are supposed to be, um, you know, originate in the House of Representatives, the People's House. These are the folks that are most supposed to be most closely associated with the individual American taxpayer, the individual voter. By the way, I should add that at one point in time, many of you know this, some of you may not, that senators were actually elected by the state legislatures of your individual state. So senators were elected to represent the state, and they were basically held accountable by the elected representatives we had uh, put in charge of our states. And then the Congress, the House of Representatives, was elected by the individual, uh, you know, direct, we would vote directly for them. That was changed through a constitutional amendment. Anyway, so Congress has the authority to spend money. The president has the authority to execute the law. And as I, as I understand this, and this may be a stretch, I'm not saying it, it's, I'm not saying that any of this is going to actually amount to a hill of beans. But President Trump, as I understand it, is effectively saying, look, my job is to tell you, you, you've passed a bill or a couple of bills that I'm going to sign, but I'm going to use this 1974 Impoundment Control Act to say all the money that's been assigned here is really not necessary for the purpose and the intention of the and the objective of, of these two bills. And so for those things that are not instrumental or necessary, I'm going to impound those funds. And there's a technical, I don't know. Look, this this is all new. It's not and it's not to be confused with line item veto. Line item veto is this idea that the president should be able to veto parts of a bill. Parts of a bill. 
and not all of the bill. So he can sign a bill into law. That's not something that um, the president has the power to do. But this has been debated before, giving the, the president line item veto powers so he could sign the bill into law but actually whoosh, whoosh, go through line by line and say, I don't like this part. There's some appeal. I know there's appealing things about that to some people in this environment, but there's also some terrifying things about that. Um, to think about, you know, a radical leftist being in control and, and some piece of legislation passing Congress, and then every everything is gutted, but the most radical aspects of a piece of legislation or some such thing. Anyway, this is not to be confused and conflated with that. This is something that says, hey, you've you've signed a bill with stated objectives of x these funds are not all necessary to achieve those achieve those ends and so i'm going to um impound this money because we don't need to spend it right so it's an interesting approach um i don't know what will happen i don't know i'm not saying that this is going to be that this will make any difference if nothing else as i was telling oz here it at least gives the president uh, the the platform to really expose these jokers. Remember the the, the folks, a couple of I mean, some folks voted against this, but there's a lot of folks who's who who jumped on board with this. I'm I'm just going to read. This is some this is just some things um, that are in this COVID relief bill. You may have seen that there's another forty million dollars designated for. The Kennedy Center, there's $86 million for Cambodia, there's $130 million that's going to Nepal, $135 million that's going to Burma, $453 million that's going to Ukraine, probably going to end up in Hunter Biden's pocket somewhere. I'm kidding, not kidding, allegedly. $700 million to Sudan. Uh, I mean... Palestinian economic aid, $250 million. I, I, just some racetrack safety program for horse racing. I mean, the, the stuff in here is, is astonishing. The, 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 the pork in here. And this is what's wrong with Washington, D.C. And again, I, who puts this stuff in here? I mean, I know we know who puts it in there. Maybe not the name specifically of the individual, but we know the person, right? We know this this game that is being played. At one point, the pork was put in there to to appease constituents back in home states and home districts. Look, I got you money for this, you know, economic development or you know some sort of a tax break for something that we manufacture in this particular community or whatever, right? We got this bonus, and you go back, and everybody pats you on the back. And it sounds great on one hand until you realize someone else is paying for that. And all these folks do this. Well, most of them do this. And at, at a great cost. At a great cost. We're now $30 trillion, $30 trillion in, in debt. $30 trillion. Write that number out, by the way. It's, not, it's astonishing to just look at that number and think about what that, that really represents. Anyway... Um, if nothing else, this has given Trump the again the spotlight, the bully pulpit, the podium to really highlight what's wrong with this. And just remember, look up and see if your representative voted for this, your senator voted for this, and then ask yourself: Is your senator, your representative, 
passing this sort of legislation with you know again remember the remember that they were this 5500 page bill had to be voted on in less than what was it 24 36 hours or some such thing they don't even know what's in these bills folks it's a travesty and remember they had months to put this together months they didn't do it congress is truly a reprehensible bunch and, and, and my number of people in Congress, in my mind, that I think are trying to do the right thing or trying to fix this, it dwindles by the day. It dwindles. Senators, same thing, dwindles by the day. I don't know how many folks are uh, really there to, to truly take care of the American people. And what, what's this? Why? Why are we sending money? Why does Nepal need $130 million in this? Not to pick on Nepal, Cambodia, Sudan. Why? Why is this necessary? Where is this money ending up? Are we wrong for asking the question that this money might be ending up in the pockets of these congressmen and say, oh, I can see the, this, the look of shock on their face whenever I, I utter that, that question. It seems like a very reasonable question to me. Why on earth? Why on earth are we spending money that we don't have for these purposes? I need to, someone to explain to me what the American interests in Cambodia, Nepal, Ukraine, I need to understand what that is. We don't even have that conversation. It's just packed in here. You're not supposed to see this. All you're supposed to see is I get 600 bucks. That's what they wanted. 5,500-page bill. You get 600 bucks. Don't ask about anything else in it. It's remarkable. It truly is. These folks are I, – I, I lose the word sometimes – to describe what we're dealing with. These folks don't have your interest in mind. They don't. Not this is not in your in your interest. This is not in anyone's interest except possibly theirs. Or some constituent group back home so that they get reelected. It's the same stinking thing all over again. Remember President Trump was elected to really as, as a in part as kind of a, a protest against this sort of stuff. And they believe he's headed out the door here. They believe that they've stolen this election, and now they're going to start partying it up again in Washington, D.C. And, and representatives and senators from both sides of the aisle have their fingerprints all over this nonsense. And I've got to take a break. I want to talk a little bit about Nashville, this Nashville bombing that happened on Christmas Day, Christmas morning when we get back. It opens up a whole can of worms. I know some of you, that there, there's some... All, all sorts of theories and, and stuff about I just want to talk about it when we get back. So sit tight. We'll shift gears when we return. See you in just a minute. Welcome back. So Christmas morning. 6.30 a.m. Central Time, Nashville, downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Um, actually in front of a building at 166 2nd Nor- Avenue North. An RV is alleged to have exploded with, um, well... It was set all. It was set up to be a basically a bomb. As I'm looking here on uh, Newsmax now of the footage, it's it's incredible. 
It's incredible. I feel like this is uh, the same part of town. My wife and I went there a couple of years ago, and I think it's really close to where we had stayed um, in Nashville. But anyway, there was an explosion. Uh, before the explosion, there was a an, uh, an audio warning that was playing from, I guess, from the RV. It was saying, if you can hear the sound of my voice, please evacuate the area immediately. According to reports, this was going on for 15 minutes. There's also reports of gunfire, gunshots before this. Some people think it was part of uh, the audio that was recorded in in the vehicle, in the RV. The RV detonates. I mean, massive explosion, right? Massive explosion. Uh, just a couple of injuries. I don't believe anyone was, was, uh, was killed in this blast, but it looks incredible, the damage. Nashville mayor's out there laughing, saying hopefully we don't have another explosion in Nashville today. Did you see that, by the way? There are all sorts of ancillary little side stories to this. But anyhow, so we've got all this taking place, and now that's what they tell us. That's what the facts are. You see people saying that they've heard other explosions. You heard people say that the gunfire they believe was other uh, explosions that the other thing was it's it's outside or targeting, they believe, the AT&T building. And now you get into uh, some theories that people have, which run the gamut. And I don't even want to get into any of these. I th- This is almost the, the default starting point of a conversation when something like this happens today. Something like this happens and there's immediately all sorts of speculation – what some would call conspiracy theories that begin to arise from this because of a lot of reasons. Some people have a natural inclination to want to believe these things. Some people have a natural, have so much distrust for the media and our politicians, which to me that you want to find out the problem here. The reason that these problems, the reason that there's all these theories Let's say that what they're telling us is absolutely true. The reason people don't believe it is because these folks that are telling us these things have a history of not being believable. They have a history of lying to the American people about any number of things, especially when we're looking at the media. My goodness, the media acts as though, for just one example, they act as though nothing happened that we should even be remotely concerned with in the 2020 election. Nothing happened. There's been no evidence to prove, right, that any voter fraud took place. Nothing to suggest, they say. In fact, they're they're amazed. In fact, they tell you you that the real danger here is President Trump. President Trump is using this to to create a bunch of upset people to overturn the election to flip the election results that's what that's what they tell you that's what they want you to believe they don't give you any of the details any of the things that people like me and you are concerned with they don't do that and then when something like this comes along you have people telling us well did you know that the reason someone would target this AT&T building and they say things like well they've been uh responsible for auditing the machines or they're overseeing part of georgia at&t has a contract with the patriot act and all these sorts of things you can find all sorts of rabbit holes and 
Some are rabbit holes. Who knows what others are? You can find all these things on, on social media. But I just wanted to, to mention this and point out point out the reason that no one believes what we're being told is because we're being run. This nation is being run by a bunch of liars, professional deceivers, professional deceivers in the media, professional deceivers in politics. So let that, let that sink in. We have something as clear-cut, so it should be. What happened? Just tell us what happened. And maybe they are. I don't know. Who knows anymore? I'm simply saying that the reason that we can't believe this is because they are not trustworthy. They are not believable. Just like with this legislation that we talked about the first half of the program. The legislation that is being put together, the legislation that has been passed... The legislation that President Trump says he's going to sign while also uh, citing this 1974 Impoundment Act is that we have a bunch of money going to places that have no business getting any money from this country at this point in time. Or if they do, explain it to us. Explain. Someone go on to MSNBC or CNN. Tell us why Cambodia. Tell us why... Uh, Nepal, whoever, Bangladesh, why do these folks need money from us? Why? What is the national interest here? What are we doing this for? Why do we need to study the fish in the Gulf of Mexico or wherever it is? Why? Why are we doing this? Why does the average person get 600 bucks and we're doing all these other um, expenses that are uh, – what is it? When, we, when you factor every man, woman, and child getting – $600, I think that comes out to around $200 billion for the 330 million people in the United States. What's the other trillion dollars for? I mean, does this, does this compute for anybody else? But my point is the reason there's distrust is because we've been lied to repeatedly, incessantly, nonstop, every second of our lives. And then they hire the fact checkers. That's my favorite part. They hire the fact checkers to come along and to tell you basically why what they told you the first time was right and you were wrong to believe to believe the lie. I'm not condoning or supporting any of these theories about what's happening in Nashville. I'm just simply saying the reason that these exist is because folks in positions of power and influence and information, the folks that control that stuff, they're deceitful. They lie. And this is what you get. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. We'll continue our talk here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, you know, I was thinking about something else, too, and I've, I've hit on this a little bit previously thinking about all the misinformation that we're subjected to each and every day and i've said before that you know back in the day back at some point in time the media didn't need well maybe they've always needed them but they've not they didn't need fact checkers in the sense that most americans believe them Right, They didn't need the fact checkers. I saw this on social media. They didn't need fact checkers until we started learning the truth. That's when they needed the fact checkers. And it's the same group of people, by the way. The people that were in the dishonest media to begin with are now the people who are the independent fact checkers. Give me a break. Come on. 
And this works with some people. Fact checkers. Fact checkers. That's their title. They're fact checkers. <laughs> I tell you what. I, it's, it's just amazing what you can get, get away with. By by a simple, you know, something like a title. Oh, we're fact checkers. Oh, okay. Fact checkers. It's like walking into the Super Bowl, putting on a, you know, a high visibility vest and a an ID badge and just walking past security because they think you're supposed to be there. But, of course, these folks, you've seen this done. This has been done before. Folks have been to the World Series, all these different places by doing stuff like this. Anyway. Anyway, so... You got that group of people, and, and they are beyond hope. We we just have to figure out how to navigate and, and deal with what they're telling us. And so they created fact checkers because they couldn't be trusted. Now the fact checkers can't be trusted. And so they're, they're, now they're, they're trying to that, – that same group of people is now trying to tell us after incessantly attacking our president for the past four or five years now. After doing that, they want us to now believe it's time for unity. And the folks, I'm all for unity. I am. I am. I am someone that, in fact, one of the reasons I do this program. There's many, but one is because I want to see America united. But folks, in order to unify and to to have this this moment of coming together, it requires that we are uniting around something. And what they mean, they being the media, they being the radical left. When they say unity, they mean if you oppose what they're trying to do, shut up and get out of their way. That's what they mean. I am not in favor of that. I am not in favor of that at all. In fact, that is precisely the problem, right? We've talked about problems today with the media, with the government. The reason we're in these places that we're at is because, well, candidly, uh, we've allowed we've allowed these jokers to uh, – to kind of do whatever they want without any accountability. So I'm all for unity, but we have to be uniting around something. And this is where I have a little bit of hope because I do believe the vast majority of Americans are not radical leftists. The vast majority of of Americans are free market capitalists. The vast majority of Americans do love this country as founded, those principles. We just have to find a way we have to find a way to let them know that it's those those principles and values are under assault by the radical left. It's obvious as the noonday sun to you and I, but to them, some folks need a little bit of help. I gotta take a break here, come back and wrap up. But unity is important, but we gotta be unifying around the right thing, and that's not the liberal agenda. Back here in just a minute. example of what I'm talking about. Fauci here. I saw this over the weekend. Fauci said that uh, he's he's moving the goalposts. He says this. He's moving the goalposts. Remember, Fauci is the same one who originally told us that wearing masks were largely symbolic. He said this. I know folks don't believe this. You can find this pretty easily. You might have to go to DuckDuckGo instead of Google, but it's there. And then he went on to tell us that the reason he said that was because People, there weren't enough masks for everybody, so why not lie to them? Now he's telling us he's moving the goalposts on what herd immunity is for for COVID. Now saying, really, it's 75 to 80 <sighs> percent. I don't know how anybody trusts this guy anymore. I got to go, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.